Well, welcome to the latest to the ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. I love it when I keep getting questions from members. It, it's often taking me into areas that I would not normally go, which is always fun. So this week, the question was, what are you hearing about anti-dumping suits against India, as well as other commodities rich sourcing countries filing these suits against other countries? Also, latest on China and its carbon reduction push and how that plays into U.S. players importing commodities. Well, the long and the short of this is that the U.S. has become a little more aggressive when it comes to the import-export sector. We've always had a certain amount of tariff activity that, of course, was kind of reaching a peak during the Trump years. Tariffs are problematic because, for all intents and purposes, they're a tax on the American consumer of that which is being tariffed. So if it's Chinese steel or European steel or aluminum from who knows where, it really comes down to being hit on the consumer's head because the producer isn't paying the tax, it's the consumer that's paying the extra money, you get the drift. When we do anti-dumping stuff, though, that's a little more targeted because what it's designed to do is punish countries for selling something in the U.S. for less than it costs them to produce it. The challenge with anti-dumping suits is that it's hard to prove that, particularly when you're looking at a country that has low production costs. So we'll look at a country like India and say, good Lord, how can you be selling us this stuff at this price? It costs this much to produce it. And the Indians will come back and say, well, maybe in your country, but it doesn't cost us that much here because we have lower production costs, we have lower labor costs, we have lower regulatory costs, etc., etc. So it becomes a very involved process of going to that country and saying, we can prove that you are selling this for less than a cost to produce it. That's a monumental task, and oftentimes it fails. So it's one of those things that, wow, it would work, great if we could actually figure out how to determine how much it costs for somebody to produce something. We are continuing to do this, if nothing else, to kind of keep countries on their toes, and occasionally we're able to pull it off because we can get the data that we need to show what we're trying to show. The second part of this question, which was China uh, and the carbon reduction push, the very latest thing that came out of China, and this was literally just yesterday, was a promise, a very vague promise, typically a Chinese vague promise, to not build any more coal-fired plants in other countries. It was a very short comment from Premier Xi and nothing at this point to back up in detail. So we don't know if this means no new coal plants. So the existing three or four hundred that they're working on now would continue to be built. We don't know exactly what that means as far as their future expansion has no bearing on what they're doing in their own country. There's 500 coal fire plants under construction or in design stage in China alone. So it's an interesting gesture. It was met with a certain amount of enthusiasm uh, by the climate change people, but it is so full of holes at this point that we don't really know what it means. And 
China is still the world's largest producer of greenhouse gas, and it's going to take a whole lot more than them promising not to build any more coal plants in other countries. The next big question, though, is these countries that need power, what are they going to build instead? Are they going to use renewables? Are they going to go with wind or solar or something else and frankly those technologies aren't at the point where they can do what these countries need them to do so it might mean nuclear power it might mean a lot of things and like i said it's extremely vague at this point and there are holes in it big enough to drive a truck through so China has been full of promises, full of assurances, and that's kind of all they've been. We've not really seen a reduction in their output. The major adjustment that they've made as far as producing is moving these plants and industrial facilities away from the bigger cities. This is not so much because they're worried about climate change, it's that emerging middle class in China that is basically saying, hey, if you were able to clean the air up because of the Beijing Olympic Games, in other words, you were able to clean up the air for all those foreign jocks, why can't you clean it up for us? And China is now responding, and it's not like they're producing any less, but they're shoving it further away from Beijing and Shanghai and Guangdong and some of the bigger cities. So. China has a long ways to go. They produce more of these greenhouse gases than any country in the world. India is a close second. We still produce more per capita. We produce quite a bit, but we have a lot fewer people, so a whole different argument there. So I guess the long and the short of it is that China is saying all the right things, but we're still waiting for them to walk the walk instead of just talking the talk. Bottom line is we're still engaged in trying to control what's going on with the supply chain, particularly when it comes to commodities. We're looking for kind of two things at once. We want access to these commodities wherever they're coming from, but we also want to make sure we protect our own industry to a degree, and that can sometimes be mutually exclusive goals. Um, bringing in the steel that it's needed because prices are very high means that you're going to be bringing in more outside steel. Not good necessarily for the U.S. producer, but if you're a steel consumer, you're looking at this going, would you, for crying out loud, get the steel? I mean, if the U.S. producers can't make enough, then get it from somewhere else. You know, we're, we're stuck here. Right now, for example, it's a one-year wait for a steel truss to put into a warehouse construction project. I mean, that's absurd. I mean, the the timeline for this stuff is crazy, and this is certainly affecting a lot of ASA members. So there you go, a nice little rambling dissertation about what's going on with commodities and politics and, and geoeconomics and all that other stuff. So until next week, when I get another exciting question, enjoy the upcoming weekend.